everyone. Welcome to another episode of the FPL Amateurs Vods podcast. On deck tonight is my usual co-host, Damo, and we're joined by special guest, Matt, from the FPL Addicts podcast, also known as The Guru. How are you, fellas? Yeah, not too bad. How about yourself? All good? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Um, sort of wasn't looking great um, halfway through this game week, but definitely come home strong. Ended up finishing... Um, on 50 points after I took my minus four hit. So I was sort of hoping for a little bit higher, but sort of um, Jimenez sort of helped me a fair bit to get me over the mark. But uh, Salah didn't really perform great for me. Still, you know, got me my, my 10 points as captain, but didn't really do anything special. But apart from that, I finished uh, ranked 75K. So I think it was a... A little green arrow. I think I was seventy-eight k last week. So yeah, not too bad, mate. Uh, how about you, Damo? Uh yeah, yeah, not too bad, not too bad. I ended up finishing on forty-five points. Um, my stars being Rafinha, Livra, Rudiger, Ben Rama, uh, Captain Salah, like every man and his dog this week. Uh, <laughs> and uh, my the only downside for me was I benched Gallagher, which um, and I had him on third sub. So even my Alonso um, not starting couldn't help me because uh, St. Max came on instead of instead of Gallagher, who scored 13. So that was a bit of an oopsie, but um, no, no, what can you do? How about yourself, Guru? How'd, uh, how'd everything go, mate? Oh, pleasure to be on the podcast, lads. Thanks for having me. Right, um, yeah, game week 10, it was actually a good one for me. So um, I've come on at a, right, a pretty good time, I think, tonight. <laughs> It uh, always 60, happens, mate. It, yeah, it's like <laughs> I've been listening to you know your pod um, all season and been following your league. I mean, I'm in your mini league, and there was a time I was sort of hovering in that sort of fifteenth, sixteenth, seventeenth, um, and I've managed to sort of move up in in your league, and I've got sixty six points in game week ten, which was really good. That I, there was a hit involved. I did a minus four as well. I bring um, Chilwell in, which wasn't he wasn't the hit, but he obviously got eight points, which was good. Um, but the hit was for Trent, and I just thought, I've got to get Trent in now. Um, he's someone I want to I've put in, and I just want to sort of set and forget him for the season. Um, obviously, he only got a point, which wasn't great. Um, but my stars, Ronaldo, I held him. He got 12 points. It was against my team, who I support Spurs. But, um, you know, it got Nuno fired, so, you know, I'm pretty happy. <laughs> I, don't, I don't normally like to see a coach get fired, but um, I think it worked out best because, uh, obviously, Conte's in. Uh, Ronaldo got 12 points on my team. Um, I had Raul Jimenez, uh, nine points. Um, so similar to, um, actually, no, you it, you didn't. It was Quinton, sorry. It was not you, Damo. Quinton yeah, had no, Jimenez. Yeah, no, Damo so traded him out the other week. Yeah, mate, so. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we did well. We got the nine points. And um, he, he could have had another goal. He hit the post. Um, yeah. So that was really unlucky. Um, and then Rafinha, uh, same as you there, Damo, nine points. Liveramento, mm. six. Rudiger, six. And Salah was my captain. Um, and I, I'm, I'm still happy I went. I know Salah didn't get the highest score, but, you know, I was never going to go against him. He did have a disallowed goal um, for offside. Yeah. So, um, overall, really good week. And, um, yeah, happy, a, a green arrow. But, um, again, you know, I could be happy this week. I could be red arrow and, and miserable next week. So, yeah, we'll <laughs> see. We'll see how we go. Mate, fantasy is a love-hate. And you're keeping the trend going. I'm pretty sure every guest we've had on here has absolutely towed me and Dan up every week so oh really <laughs> That's even good. ollie we got ollie on uh the other week and uh he flogged us both as well so 
Oh, it must be. So on um, so the FPL Addicts podcast, we have a bit of a curse. So if you normally come on there, we have a curse where you start to slowly get a red arrow. It might not be immediately, but it's normally within sort of three to four weeks. Whereas I feel maybe your podcast is the opposite. You get guests on here. <laughs> guests need to come on to um, the podcast because it's green arrows. So, um, yeah, I'm so really we'll happy do... to be here. <laughs> so what we'll do, Guru, we'll get the, get the guests onto your podcast and then we'll get them onto ours to sort of uh, <laughs> yeah. help them on their way again. <laughs> ah, I love well, that. You know, it works because Ollie was – I know listening to your podcast, Ollie was having a torrid time for the for a few weeks and um the first podcast he comes on and he I think he hit sixty eight points, so it's it's gotta be, because yeah, he, he did have a um pretty rough start to the season and then he's come on here and yeah, he's flying, so mm-hmm. yeah, fingers crossed. Now I've, I've you know, <laughs> on the pod tonight and then hopefully game week eleven I yeah, can maybe climb even higher. So, yeah, really well, excited. That usually has a flow-on <laughs> effect after our pod too, mate. That's another thing to write down. <laughs> nice one. Uh, we might get on to the FPL Twitter League template. I'm not sure if you've been accustomed to how it works, Gary, but they sort of take the average of whatever players sort of are highly owned over the Australian Twitter League um, on uh, and pick sort of, I guess, all the popular players and then that's their lineup. It has to fit under the 100 mil salary cap. So this week nice. we had Sanchez in goals, um, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Cancelo, Rudiger, Chilwell, Captain Salah, Foden, Rafinha, Vardy, Antonio and Tony. So we finished the game week on 44 points but then took the minus eight. So the average hit through the whole league was minus eight, which is pretty crazy. <laughs> um, it must be a league full of reedies. <laughs> yeah, Hitman really. Um, yeah, finished on 36 points, which uh, gave us a, a pretty big red arrow from 20.9K to 55.9K. But as I said, every week it's still beating me and Damo, so it's not that horrible. Yeah, it's doing pretty well, isn't it? To be 20K and then to moving down to 55, still, it's unbelievable. Like to have this type of team and stay in, you know, even in the top 500K is impressive. So, um, yeah, that's awesome. Um, might get on to the FPL Amateurs of Oz League. Um, leading it is, it's going to be a big surprise to you, Damo, but the Kong FPL Planner still <laughs> yeah. first place. And I can see that he's um, taken a little bit a little bit more of a lead other than the, what, the one point than it was last week. So yeah, he's, he's going to be loving it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, second place is Kappa's FC on 705 points. Um, she was only 11, Brady, who was on our podcast the other week. He's third place on 689. And I'm sitting on ninth place, so took a little red arrow back, but still in that top 10 on 676 points. Damo, you're flying high in 20th <laughs> on 633. And the Guru, seventh on 684. So he's currently king of the podcast at the moment. <laughs> I'm happy with that, to be fair. Like, um, I like to, I'm always happy to sort of stay within the top 10 of, of leagues if I can, mini leagues, um, you know, and just be there or thereabouts. And yeah, I think a few weeks ago, I was way down in your league, sort of 15th, 16th, but it just changes so much. But yeah, mm-hmm. that one person that hasn't changed is is the Kong FPL planner. He's having a remarkable season so far. So um, yeah, wow, he's got a nice, uh, nice healthy lead uh, between himself and even third place right now. So we need to um, keep inviting people into the league so we can get someone that can knock him off. <laughs> <laughs> um, he also top scored for the week with 69 points as well, so another dagger 
Wow. Uh, we might get into the week 10 review. We'll start with Leicester and Arsenal. Um, this is actually a pretty decent game. I sort of picked, uh, in my tipping comp, I picked the margin as well, the 2-0 scoreline. I um, got Saka out this week uh, for a hit to get Foden in, which definitely did not turn out well because Saka got an assist and he ended up getting a return. So I was a little bit disappointed, but also I guess it validated me saying that Saka was a decent pickup if anyone was looking at Arsenal assets. And um, Smith Rowe, a lot of people are talking about uh, going Smith Rowe over Saka, whether they've got Saka already and they're wanting to change. Saka's actually getting the better stats compared to Smith Rowe. He's just not getting that goal. So on point totals as a fantasy return, you're not getting that with Saka. But I think if you do have Saka, you kind of just want to stick with him. Don't go sideways to Smith Rowe unless I guess you're trying to save a bit of money. But I think this week Saka is going to be on the other end of it and he's going to be getting the fantasy return. And Smith Rowe still might get a return, but I think Saka might be the the one to look at. And um, Ramsdale, um, at that 4.7, he's he's definitely um, getting his money's worth, making the eight saves and one absolutely ridiculous save. So, But, yeah, apart from that, sort of Obama Yang, I think, is a good shout this week, but obviously that awkward price range, no one's really looking at him. What about you, Damo? Uh, yeah, for myself, like, obviously I've still got Vardy and probably keeping him at this stage. I'm more than likely looking to uh, downgrade uh, someone on my... Uh, one of my forward line uh, players this week, uh, just so I could potentially upgrade Vardy at some point to either, you know, Lukaku who's returning or a Ronaldo Kane. But at the moment I've got Vardy, uh, just hoping he gets me a few returns before I sell him. Uh, other than that, in terms of Arsenal, obviously shout out to Ramsdale, probably the premier sort of 4.5-ish uh, goalkeeper at the moment, uh, obviously scored another 10 on the weekend. Uh, and in terms of even what, what I said last week, in, certain, in terms of Smith-Rowe or Saka, uh, obviously you have one of both and then you don't flip-flop between them. As I said last week, you know, one week it might be Saka getting the points, one week it might be Smith-Rowe getting the points. So pick, pick the one that fits your budget and structure and then uh, just ride the waves. Uh, how about yourself, Guru? I actually had no players in this game. Um, no one from Leicester. Um, I'd never jumped on the Vardy train. Um, so he had his good form and he was just scoring week after week for about a month. And you know, I think it was the Brentford game. People started to bring him in and I, I just didn't fancy him. And he's blanked in the last couple, which is obviously lucky for me. But I um, didn't own him and I don't have any, um, no Arsenal players. Um, Ramsdale's one that I'm sort of sitting there thinking, I knew he had a feeling he would have been a good choice back when I did my wild card. Um, but I stuck with Sanchez, and yeah, Ramsdale was impressive with those ten points. Uh, Smith Rowe as well, you know, starting to deliver the goods. But yeah, I agree there with um, with Quinton. Where if you've got Saka, you're better off just keeping him. There's no need to switch uh, to Smith Rowe. I think um, they're they're both going to have their good and bad weeks. Um, I don't think there's much difference in them as, as sort of players or assets. Maybe the only sort of thing is Smith throws out a little bit cheaper. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, for now, no no players from either plans to get any of them in. Maybe a Smith throw at some stage. But, again, um, yeah, there's there's maybe him, but there's no one else that sort of jumps out right now. Obama Yang um, has got some good home form. But, yeah, I think, like Quinton said, it's that, it's just that price. I think I'd, I'd rather spend money on 
on other strikers uh, than than He doesn't quite hit those those big scores like he used to. Yeah. Um, did anyone see that save from Ramsdale? It was an absolute perler. Oh yes, yeah, oh, the free kick one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was just that was such a good save. He made so many good saves, but that one was just. Um, oh, I don't think I've, that's probably the best save I've seen this season. Unless either of you have seen any others, <laughs> I thought no. it was, yeah, it was unreal. Funniest, no, I don't think Leno's uh, Leno's getting back into that side. I don't think. Funniest thing I um, read on Twitter the other day. It was either Twitter or um, someone's podcast, but uh, they were saying that uh, Ramsdale's finally found. Uh, you know, he's, he's a bit of a mid-table um, Premier League player, so he's finally found his home at, at Arsenal, being the mid-table team. So. <laughs> Uh, I found that I can't remember who who, who said it, but um, I did find that very funny when uh, <laughs> when it was said. No, that's 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 funny as actually. Uh, oh well, on that note, I have the next game, and it's uh, Quentin's favourite team, Burnley uh, <laughs> versus Brentford. Uh, for uh, for mine, uh, of actually, I'll save Burnley to. Um, to Quentin since he loves them so much. But uh, in terms of Brentford, obviously, as I've said in previous weeks, I think at this stage you go Tony or Wembo, whoever fits his structure better. I know Wembo didn't play last week, uh, but he should be back this week. He's um, cheap enough. He plays out of position. Uh, Brentford have some good fixtures coming up. So for me, I know I've already moved on. I moved to get Wembo in my team. I'm probably going to miss Tony at this stage. Um, but the double lap's probably not as appealing as it once was, given that Brentford has now lost three in a row. Uh, so that's sort of me in a nutshell at the moment in terms of assets. Uh, how about yourself, uh, Quentin? Um, yeah, no, I like the shout for Tony Obermo, whether pick one or the other. I'm probably – see, I really want to get Tony in, but I'm just – I just don't know whether I want to downgrade Antonio at all. I don't think I want to get him out, and then I've also mm. got Hibernez as well as Obama Yang, and yeah, I don't, I don't really want to get any of those out. So I could probably see myself going and Bermo in the midfield, um, possibly using a bit of money and upgrading Brown Hill to him, but not sure at this point in time. Um, speaking of Burnley, Cornet, I know, I know we are we're giving it to Ollie a bit <laughs> over the week, uh, Guru, but I thought he actually had a pretty decent game. He's had five games this year, four goals. He's only you know, started two games, but it almost looks like they've given him free reign to just pretty much go wherever he wants from on the field. He's not really set at striker, not set sort of on the wing. He's just sort of just do what you want. So I think he actually could be a decent asset because he's way too good for Burnley. And, um, you know, he's, he's definitely going to get the opportunity there and they've got pretty decent fixtures for the next eight. I think there might be one hard fixture in there, but I mean, you're a fan of Cornette, weren't you, this week? Yeah, no, I was. Um, the fixture was really good. I'm in a. I've got my like an FPL draft team as well, and I tried to bring him in on my draft team, but someone beat me to him, and yeah, I was I was devastated because he scored. Um, yeah, Corner is. I think he's a really good shout, and because he's good of his position um, as this sort of second striker. Um, I think he's like he's our best route to goals as well, along with like him and Chris Wood, probably their best route to goals. So it's always good to have these assets where a team relies on them, I find. Um, yep. Because normally when Burnley score, it's going to be him involved. So I actually think he's good. 
Um, Burnley traditionally find ways to start picking up results. And I think they've done that on this game against Brentford. And they're probably going to be able to do that, you know, over this coming months. And he's going to be a big part of that. So, um, yeah, big asset, good player. Isn't in my current sort of side right now. Um, I will be keeping tabs on him. As for Brentford, I don't have any of their players either. This is another game I actually don't have any players. Um, and it's an interesting one. I've been talking about the Tony um, and Bambo debate all week um, with Brentford's game against Norwich and Newcastle the week after. And I just think, for me, they're not really in form. I know Norwich aren't as well, but Norwich still managed to pick up a couple of nil-nil draws before the Leeds defeat and, and that. You know, game against Chelsea where they got hammered, and um, yeah, I think it'll be a tight game. I can't see um, Brentford scoring sort of two or three goals. I think it, it's going to be a one nil, maybe a, a nil nil yeah. type of affair. So, for me, I'm not going to be investing huge amounts in uh, Brentford right now, um, just because I think outside of these next two fixtures, I don't think there's there's enough in there for me. Um, so yeah, I'm actually going to be avoiding them. But I can see why people are attracted to. Um, to the game because it is not rich. So I can, I could understand that one. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people read into the fixtures a little bit too much just because obviously um, you see Norwich and everyone's like, Oh, you know, it's going to be an absolute smashing. And then, you know, you see Leeds on the weekend, even though Rafinha did get a return, like it was pretty just, you know, so, so the game, there wasn't sort of, it wasn't a domination or anything like that. No, it was tight. And it was, it was, uh, I think it was tight all the way up until half time. I think it was nil nil at half time. Yeah, uh, Norwich stayed in it, and they they got a Norwich got a nil nil draw against Brighton a few weeks back, and Brighton have been a good side this season. So, um, yeah, look, I, I think um, two promoted sides, it, it could be a lot tighter than people think, but yeah, we'll see. And I've said this, and now Tony will come out and grab a hat trick, and <laughs> you know, I'll have the red arrow. <laughs> we'll see. Well, I'd um, like to point out, mate, I'm the guy who took Cornet from you in the draft league too. So, Oh, <laughs> uh, wait, from me or don't say, because I don't think I'm in your draft. Um, oh, no, I'm you're not. Draft. Oh, nah, sorry. Nah, well, that's, so... that's probably why I got him then. Yeah, because nah, I wanted to make yeah. sure I got him so I could stick it to Ollie. Nah, nah. Unfortunately, <laughs> it wasn't um, It wasn't me. Um, but in my one, I went for him and, um, yeah, I got beaten to him and, yeah, I've, I've lost as a result. So, so we've both been. Um, well, you, oh, you've been okay. You you you've done well to get him because yeah, it was a perfect week for him. And uh, I think he was unlucky not to get another goal. Yeah, um, no, I, 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 was, I think he was unlucky not to grab a couple. So, now there was the Ollie factor that was pushing me along. I was just really. Hoping. I said <laughs> I messaged Ollie. I'm like, I don't even care if I get 30 points this week as long as Corne returns. <laughs> <laughs> I said it's a good week for me. So. Exactly. Um, Quentin, we might need a timestamp the, the time that we've spent talking about Burnley because I reckon Ollie's going to skip this part. <laughs> I'll timestamp a different um, – I'll timestamp the game before. So he skips yeah. straight to this. Um, next up, we got Liverpool and Brighton. Um, I thought it was actually a pretty entertaining game. I sort of I, – I thought that Liverpool might just go on with it after they got um, their 2-0 lead, but Brighton showed why – they're going to be sort of hanging around that top 10 this year just because their resilience in defense is like extraordinary. They kind of pressured Liverpool more than what we've seen other teams do this year. And I thought that might be nearly the blueprint when you play Liverpool, but who knows when you have someone like Mo Salah, like 
a quiet game for him is like an assist. So, you know, you're looking at a pretty big battle when you're sort of the work, the best you can do is limit to him just getting assists. So I, I sort of, it wasn't too disappointing watching him um, only sort of get those five points because you know, like at worst, he's going to get those five points, but next week he could easily go 15 points. So especially against West Ham. So um might just – I did a bit of a comparison. I know the other day on the Space Guru we were talking about um, sort of premium goalkeepers. I sort of looked up at Mendy. He's he's the number one premium goalkeeper at the moment, but I was comparing stats. And for Allison, five out of ten games, he's returned save points, and three out of ten games, he's uh, got bonus points, whereas Mendy's four out of ten has got the save points and three out of ten the bonus points. So Allison's actually performing – I guess better, but just their defense has sort of let him down a bit with conceding. But outside of them, looking at Brighton, I'm looking at Cucurella. I know he's at 5.0, which is, you know, for a, a defensive asset from Brighton, it's a bit expensive. But I could actually see him um, over their next few games when they have that decent run. I could see him actually getting an attack in return. So he had 79% pass success, 86 touches, and 23 passes in the opposition half. So he is getting quite forward in attack and yeah, all he needs is sort of that bit of a luck with some of his balls he's putting in, they couldn't finish. So I think as soon as they sort of get their attack sorted out, I reckon he'd be due for a decent return. Um, what about you, Damo? Uh, for me, uh, in, in terms of Brighton, obviously I've got Sanchez in my team. He's not sort of going anywhere uh, long-term. I'm sticking with him. Um, you know, as you said, Brighton have some good fixtures. Probably wouldn't invest with anyone else at the moment in terms of Brighton. I'd probably stick to the Sanchez. Uh, in terms of Liverpool, obviously Salah's, Salah's going to blank this week. But, uh, you know, Salah's, uh, you know, Salah, Salah sort of thing. So you can't really say much about that. I've got Salah and TAA my side. They're not going anywhere from my side. Uh, obviously, I'm not going to do a Quentin and Captain Salah this week because they're playing my side. <laughs> But uh, there are a few different options this week. It could be the week to go a differential uh, in terms of captaincy, but I'll sort of speak about that later uh, because, uh, look, as I said, in terms of my West Ham, we haven't actually played too bad, obviously, maybe the last couple of weeks. And um, I feel like, you know, we can sort of get something out of this game. But uh, as I said, in terms of Liverpool, Salah TAA should be, should be on almost everyone's um, teams. And then if you're going to go a third player, that's where you've got sort of heaps of options. If you want to go more premium route in Mane, who's playing well. Uh, if you want to take risks in terms of uh, potentially being, you know, benching, all that kind of stuff. But when starting plays well, Jota. Um, and then there's one which I'm probably going to talk a little bit about in the differentials, but Henderson. Henderson has played really well the last couple of weeks and he's starting to really sort of cement himself in that midfield. So he might be one to watch uh, for the future. How about uh, yourself, uh, Matt? Um, yeah, I had uh, Sanchez. Obviously got the, the one point. I didn't expect too much more. Maybe a couple more save points would have been nice. Um, had him. <laughs> had, uh, had Trent Alexander-Arnold. Um, one point, bring him in for a hit. Did expect more from him in this game, but... You know, like you've both said, he's just someone you just have to have in and just think about him for the long term. Um, and then Salah was my captain. Look, I'm happy to get some sort of return from him. It wasn't one of the big returns, but 
he's made up for that in in previous weeks. You know, the hat trick at Old Trafford yeah. made up for that easily <laughs> oh, enough. So, watch, mate. oh, it was just unreal. And um, I think yeah, he just got so many points in that that it, it you can spread that over two game weeks really. So, um, you know, Salah's done more than enough for us. Um, but yeah, I think you're right with the the what you were saying about Brighton and the way they played this game and attacked Liverpool and I in terms of sort of a differential that I'll wanted to bring on um to your podcast it's going to come from this game and I'm going to it's one I think I think it's going to be good it's going to be from Brighton I'm looking at Trossard um mm. 1.5% and he is one of those players that he does flatter to deceive sometimes because every time I watch him he just looks like such a good talent um without really you know, scoring enough goals or getting enough assists. But then there'll be a random game where he does something. And um, and this was that game. Like, he, he got the goal. He got the bonus. Um, he's got, I think there was another game earlier in the season against Brentford where he got 11 points. Um, you know, he does have these these sort of games where he does that. And I think this week, Newcastle at home to Brighton. Then he's got Villa away. He's got Leeds at home. I think that's a, a few good uh, a few good fixtures for him. Um, but again, it's for those it's for those listeners that want to take those you know those big risks and do something different. But I think he's yeah he's an interesting player, and uh, and he's just good to watch. So um, yeah, he he really impressed me in this game. I also like the Henderson shout because he's five million and mm. um, he's playing every week. And Liverpool team that do they normally score two to three goals every week, um, and it can't always be Salah Mane. Um, there's always someone else involved, usually with the assist, and, and Henderson has been uh, popping up with some some returns. So, yeah, not not a bad shout. Yeah, and the the Brighton fellow is someone that we we've sort of spoken about quite a bit in the last sort of probably three or four podcasts where we've always sort of kept an eye on him. He's actually quite a de- he's quite a uh, good shout uh, in terms of I think he, is he still six million. Yeah, I think he's about that. Yeah, six million, yeah. Right? He's- it's about six point four, so it might. Oh, probably okay. bit, yep, 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 it's yep. probably a bit heavy with the fact mm. that we can get Smith Rowe, yeah, um, you know, Sackers and stuff. But I think, you know, I think Brighton as a team are probably better than say a Brentford. Yeah. Um, well, they are, but they are they're a better side than Brentford. Mm. Um, you know, with Potter and the football they play. So, um, you know, I think Trossard is something different. Um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's it's uh, it's one for the. Um, you know, the hipster managers that just want to make a really <laughs> random choice. <laughs> and it, it reminds me of um, early season Gallagher where mm. the eye test was mm. saying, like, this bloke's so good, but he, was, he wasn't getting the returns. And then he just went bang and got those 15 points. I think it might have been week three or week four. Yeah. So, and uh, for Quentin, for every Gallagher, there's a McLean. So you sort of have to, <laughs> have to give oh, or take with that. With, <laughs> but, but, but there has been some decent shouts uh, on, on, on the pod uh, in the past. Uh, on that note, I will um, run through the next game. The next game was City Palace, and what a wonderful game that was. Uh, with Palace winning away from home, uh, it was the uh, the Gallagher show uh, in that game. So uh, in terms of Palace assets, uh, as I've sort of spruiked, uh, before Guaita, I think he's still four point five. Uh, he's a he's a solid pick. Obviously, there are probably goalkeepers that are better than him at that price range. But the next four looks great. 
Um, I, I know many of the sort of 4.5 keepers have now gone up to 4.6, you know, Sanchez and, and whatnot. So if you need that sort of 0.1 extra, uh, he might be one that you sort of look at. Uh, other, you know, other than that for Palace, you know, I've got Gallagher, so he's sort of not going anywhere in my team, at least for the next four games. Uh, yeah, another one is probably Zaha, but I think I would lean more towards Gallagher than Zaha. Again, it's sort of a bit of the um, <clears throat> the Arsenal midfield setup where uh, pick one, not you know, don't double up on uh, on that uh, on that team. In terms of Man City, obviously Cancelo's still great. Uh, great, I say he's probably the best sort of asset down back. Uh, the there's quite a number of sort of questions in regards to the double up of you know Cancelo Diaz. I don't know if I would go down that path myself, but you know with the with the fixtures coming up for Man City. You know, uh, might be worth a shout, but um, I personally, I probably wouldn't be going that down that path. And then, you know, obviously in the midfield, you've got Foden and Bernardo, which uh, again, they're still you know quite good assets to have. Uh, and obviously De Bruyne, but he obviously be more expensive. And I think at the moment, in terms of premium um, players. You're probably looking elsewhere other than De Bruyne. Uh, like I'd love to know sort of uh, your thoughts on on this. So, Q, do you got any thoughts about De Bruyne firstly before you sort of get into um, the players? Um, yeah, like I said a, a few pods ago, but, but when he came back from injury, I was sort of saying that he was a decent shout as a bit of a differential pick for the mm. premiums, but he's been rested and then he sort of hasn't really looked as involved in the attack that he did last season. So, yeah. I think there are better options around that price. But, I mean, if you do have him with their run coming up, I probably wouldn't get rid of him just yet. Mm. But sort of just depends on what you want to do. And then in regards to the double up, um, if you want to do the Kinsella Diaz, I'd probably hold out for a week just because Man United are going to score a few goals this weekend. So you don't, <laughs> don't want to be left with two one-pointers. Um, in regards to Palace, uh, Gallagher had two shots, one goal, one assist, five chances created four key passes, four crosses, and he's also back on free kicks. So for the people that sort of got off because he, you know, wasn't really doing as much as he was in the in the first few weeks, he's back on free kicks now. So I, I could see a lot of upside of their current fixture run of him getting a decent return over the next few games. And Zaha, I've loved Zaha ever since um, he first was at Palace before before he signed for United. And, I, and every time I watch, I just, I'm just amazed at how good he is with the ball at his feet. And I think if people are wanting a bit of a differential pick, not a lot of people are on Zaha at the moment. I think he's 6% owned. So at that 6.9, it's a bit more expensive, but sort of still cheaper than your Foden's and, and Greenwood's and stuff like that. So if you were wanting sort of a bit of a differential, I definitely um, wouldn't be putting you off him. And in regards to Grealish, um, I might just cover. He had five chances created, five key passes. He sort of he looked really good, but I got sucked into the Grelish hype at the start of the season, and and he did look good with the stats, but he just wasn't sort of getting you that fantasy return as he did last season. So I probably wouldn't be getting him in just yet. I sort of want to see a little bit more from him and and see if he starts getting that fantasy return before I'd get him in, but. Outside that sort of that's and I guess Ken Sello, definitely the best asset to have from defense as well. So 
But yeah, apart from that, that's all I got, mate. What about you, Guru? Did you like anyone from that game? Um, I own Foden. Uh, I've had him for a few weeks, so I bring him in. It was the earliest transfer I've ever done. I bring him in during the Liverpool-Man City game when it was 2-2. There was an international break and I was just sitting there thinking, Foden just looks like he's on going to burst into life. And I put him in and I was lucky I was able to get the assist out of him in, in game week. I think it might have been nine now. Or oh, sorry, game yeah. week eight. And then game week nine was where he had that incredible 18 points against Brighton. Um, so I've stuck with Foden this week as well. And I thought he was unlucky not to grab an assist. And yeah. there's an offside goal for Jesus. So I've got Foden. Um, I had Edward from Palace, who I bring in in game week nine when they played Newcastle, just as a you know a one-week punt type of thing. And um, he, he didn't pay off in that game against Newcastle. I had him on the bench this week anyway. So yeah. he's probably someone I'll just stick with. Um, with Palace got some nice fixtures coming up, so I'll probably stick with him. Yeah. And that's it from, from, from these two teams. I don't have anyone else. In terms of players that I like, um, you've mentioned them all. Gallagher, I really like him. Um, Zaha, another one. Uh, Elise, um, I can see, got the assist. Um, he could be someone if he starts getting uh, more minutes from the start. But um, I think for me, yeah, it's between Gallagher and Zaha. Um, do like uh, the goalkeeper too um, from Palace that we've mentioned. Um, and then from City, I'm pretty happy with just Foden. Uh, De Bruyne, yeah. I think... Uh, he's, yeah, he's again, he's, he, he looks like he's carrying injuries or he's recovering from injuries or something. He just doesn't look right. Even on yeah. the weekend in this game, he just didn't look uh, like himself. Um, he did have a pretty heavy Euros. He, uh, he's had injury problems. So maybe that's something to do with it. But apart from that, there's, it's just going to be Foden for me for now. I think I'll look more into City once um, they have that. I think there's a game against Watford in three or four game weeks time and, a nice run of green fixtures and I might look back to City then. But for now, it's uh, it's just going to be Phil Foden for me from then. Yeah, no, I fully agree with that. I sort of, that's who I got in for my hit this week. So I was sort of watching that game when they went 1-0 down. I went, oh, it's plenty of time for Foden to score. And then they got the red card. And then I'm like, oh, still plenty of time for Foden to score. And then it was about the 90th minute. And I'm like, oh, maybe he'll score. <laughs> <laughs> so... It's pretty disappointing, but yeah, I think I agree with you on that. I I probably wouldn't be bringing anyone out, so I'd probably Foden, Diaz, and Cancelo. Um, next game, we had uh, Newcastle and Chelsea. Um, this was a great watch, but a disappointing watch. Um, seeing Reese James, I've sort of been toying with getting him in, but I just wasn't sure exactly what his um, sort of job security was, but... He banged in two goals. He looked like a striker. Maybe they should be playing him up front instead of Havertz at the moment, but he looked amazing. And he finished with two goals, four shots, three chances created, and three key passes. So from a fullback, you know, those are decent stats. I mean, if he was a midfielder, those are still decent stats. So definitely think he's worth looking at, especially if he actually secures that spot and he stays in the team. And uh, the likes of Chilwell, I think he's still the best Chelsea asset um, in the defensive line to have, even though he is a bit more expensive now. But I definitely think that I guess I liken him to a discount Trent Alexander-Arnold just because he does similar stuff and he's, he's 1.5 cheaper. So if anyone were, hasn't got him in, I'd definitely be looking at getting him in. Um, the likes of Havertz had a better game this week, but, yeah, I still can't see sort of 
the value in having someone that that expensive, not really sort of getting those fantasy returns. Um, what about you, Damo? Yeah, for me, obviously, uh, it might be Newcastle might be good evening uh, very soon. I've <laughs> heard uh, talks that uh, Emery might be coming back to the Premier League to coach uh, Newcastle. So I think so wait and see there in terms of their coaching uh, wise, but I don't think it's going to make a difference for Newcastle at the moment. Um, I'm uh, hopefully going to be moving on their assets. Oh, I've got St. Max. I'm probably going to be moving him on next week uh, as they, they just don't look like close to winning a game. Uh, so as I said, at the moment, there's really uh, no one I would go for in the Newcastle team for the foreseeable future. Uh, at least until January when they probably will uh, buy a few players. Yeah, but, Sterling uh, would be a decent shout, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, but in terms of assets, uh, Chelsea assets, I think it's just all in on Chelsea defence. Uh, I would even say, and again, as I've sort of prefaced this with, I'm not captaining Salah this week, given that they play West Ham. I'm probably going to break... Um, one of my rules, which is never captain a defender. Uh, I loved James's game, uh, and I think I'm going to be bringing him in for Alonso and captaining him. So uh, we'll see that's next week whether spicy, that's <laughs> whether that's like, well, they, they're playing Burnley, and realistically... Mate, Corne's hauling, mate. So, yeah. <laughs> I can see Chelsea bang, banging in six or seven goals. I really can the way, the way they're going, especially the, the, their defenders are pretty much turned into strikers too. Uh, but I actually saw a team that's ranked in the top 50 on Twitter. I can't remember who the person's name or else I would have shouted them out. But uh, if, if you listen to our pod... Uh, make yourself known. But uh, they had Chilwell, Rudiger and James in their team. And I think, you know, it might be a little bit of overkill, but they've been doing the business, you know, like the last couple of weeks. So I uh, I sort of had the conundrum of, well, who do I go, Chilwell or James? I ultimately, I went for James because he's that little bit cheaper, but I think you can't go wrong with Either one of them, especially now that they're both sort of playing well in the light, uh, playing um, or starting. Uh, Rudiger's obviously a great, you know, a, a great sort of uh, defender to have that'll sort of tick over in terms of clean sheets. They've still got great fixtures. Um, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go Havertz at all uh, if you're thinking about it. I know he returned over the weekend, but with Lukaku back soon. Um, I'd rather if if I'm going to sort of go three Chelsea assets, and you know I've you know I've got James and Rudiger now. My third will probably be you know Hudson Odoi. Uh, again, he didn't get anything out of the game this week, but he's been playing well. So uh, I wouldn't necessarily go Habits. I'd probably go you know save some money and go Hudson Odoi uh, being cheaper. Uh, obviously Lukaku is going to be back soon. So there's going to be a lot of decisions to be made in terms of, uh, like, I've still got a bit of coin sitting in my bank. So uh, I could go back up to Lukaku from Vardy. But, you know, the decision is going to be, do I go Lukaku or do I then go, or do I go Ronaldo or Kane? So it's going to be an interesting shout for all of the next couple of weeks. What um, what more, you know, what uh, FPL players do do in terms of that, um, 
that conundrum because I think it's going to become a conundrum again, especially with Man United and uh, Tottenham fixtures sort of turning. So uh, how about uh, yourself, Guru? Yeah, look, that um, Chelsea triple-up is just so tempting. Uh, you know, I'm, I own Rudiger, I own Chilwell, so the double-up, you know, is there. And I've been talking on a few FPL spaces this week about the triple-up with Bruce James. And some people like it, some don't. Like you said, it is a bit of overkill. But if you'd done it in these last two fixtures, you know, you'd be laughing all the way mm. to the bank. And, um, you know, if I'd done, for example, obviously all hindsight, but if I'd done the James transfer instead of Trent, I'd probably be seeing myself in the oh, God, at least another twenty, thirty thousand places <laughs> higher with an extra twenty points. Um, but I just think now maybe would it be worth me doing it for one more week? I've kind of got Trent now, so I probably wouldn't. But I don't. I don't think it's a bad strategy for this Burnley game, um, and maybe even for the Leicester game after the break because Leicester aren't looking too flush anyway. So I don't actually mind that that idea. Um, in terms of other assets for Chelsea, I think they're the main one to me, just the defence. Um, I do like hudson Adoy as a nice differential uh, for this for this fixture. Uh, maybe Mason Mount, if he's fit again um, and he's not ill, then he could be quite good. Um, but other than that, I think, yeah, Chelsea defence covers this. Uh, and then with Newcastle, I think Callum Wilson's still a good, good option. Um, yeah. Um, obviously, they, they lost this game, but... Um, you know, they, they, I, I didn't think Newcastle were really were going to get a sniff on goal against Chelsea anyway. So I think going forward with Newcastle, I do like Wilson because he was returning quite a lot of matches this season that he's been fit. And I do like their run after they play, um, you know, Brighton, they got Brentford, Arsenal, Norwich, Burnley. And yeah, I feel like even though it is Newcastle and they don't really win games, Wilson still scores goals. So I actually don't mind him. Yeah, no, I like that shout. I think he's one of those plays that he gets one chance, he, he'll pretty much score. So he doesn't need sort of, I guess, the larger array of chances that a lot of other strikers need. He's usually, if he gets that one chance, he's usually scoring. So, yeah, it's um, cool. The funny thing is, I sort of, I was against the mullet strategy this year, but my Phil Foden <laughs> bowl cut's actually starting to turn into a bit of a mullet. So, it's definitely, I sort of hate myself for it, but it looks like the way forward at the moment. Um, next up, we got Watford and Southampton. Um, don't really have much interest in Watford at all, sort of not until I guess their fixtures sort of get a bit easier. But Southampton, um, Livermento, he's just absolutely going on a tear at the moment. And if you don't have him in your team, I'm just scratching my head and wondering why you don't. But um, his value actually, I think it's sitting at 4.4 if I'm not mistaken. So for the people that got him in week one, you must be absolutely cheering. Um, I'll touch on uh, the player I spoke about last week was Redmond. Even though he didn't get the return this week, he still looked pretty attacking when he dropped back to that wing spot um, with the return of Shea Adams and Armstrong up front. Um, funny little story about Redmond. I... One of my mates who listened to our podcast um, listened to that episode and uh, sniped me in uh, our draft league <laughs> and uh, picked him up. And then I played him this week and he beat me. So <laughs> it's pretty frustrating. Um, other assets sort of looked at Armstrong. He had six shots, three chances created and got that assist as well. So I think he's starting to lose a bit of value at that 5.9, but 
I mean, he, he would be a good shout for this uh, sort of next four or five fixtures that they got coming up. I reckon he could start to bang in a few goals. I mean, it, it looks like it's taken a little bit to sort of get used to the Premier League, but on the weekend, he kind of looked like he's starting to head in the right direction. So why don't you put anyone off getting him in? What about you, Damo? Uh, yeah, so for me, obviously, uh, as it's been sort of the last couple of weeks, I think it's just time to jump off Watford. They've got five tough fixtures coming up. Uh, the only person you probably going to play you'd probably keep is their goalkeeper. If you've got him, uh, given he's 4.1 and you probably got him at a 4.0. Uh, other than that, you know, Southampton, there's not really anyone other than Livra, but again, uh, as you said, he's sort of, he's gone up to 4.4, uh, whereas most people got him at either 4.0 or 4.1. Uh, so again, he's still a decent shout, but, uh, <sighs> I think if you, at this point, if you've got him, you've got him. If you don't, you don't. Uh, other than that, uh, like another shout-out sort of for a goalkeeper in McCarthy, he's sort of thereabouts. Again, you know, I'd probably rate him lower than a few of the 4.5s, but he's there. They've got some decent fixtures. So other than that, uh, that's me wrapped up. Uh, how about you, uh, Matt? Yeah, look, from I think the same as both of you with Watford, there's no one that's really tempting me right now. Um, this previous game week, Josh King come into my sort of thoughts, but yeah, now with these five games uh, that are tough that you've mentioned coming up, probably no one. I think if people have got Ben Foster as a second keeper at four million, he's always good to have on the bench. Um, but yeah, no, no one from Watford for me. Uh, from Southampton, I've got Livramento. I've had him since... The early days, so I'm, I'm really happy with him and his performances. Um, anyone else from them that kind of tempts me? Maybe Broha, uh, once he gets back uh, from his ankle injury at 5 million, potentially. Um, but probably only those two for now. I did like uh, Quinton's Redmond shout. Um, I, I'd seen that he's uh, had a couple of returns this year, and um, I looked at him and thought, yeah, you know, he, he could, be, um, could be quite good. But, um, yeah, probably... Again, though, not someone I'd look at in classic, maybe more so for draft. I actually managed to get him in my draft, funnily enough. So I've got him for these fixtures just to rotate in my side. But, um, yeah, I think that's probably it for me. Broha, Livramento, uh, maybe Redmond, but more so for draft and not classic. Yeah, no, that's it. Um, Next match, I might let you start on this one, Matt, just because I know that you'd be quite upset with the results. So I'll, I'll, I'll give you an olive branch and I'll let you uh, talk about Spurs and Man United first, mate. Oh, thanks, mate. Um, you know what? I think a lot of people that, that know me know this is this was one of the first times I... It was a bittersweet one because obviously it's bitter because we've lost but it was sweet because I got the Ronaldo Hall. So I had Ronaldo in my, in my classic. I've held on to him through this kind of rotten run of, of results uh, that he's had. Um, but also the, the sweet part was by losing this game, Spurs now got Conte, which was what I wanted the whole time. <laughs> I always wanted Conte. So I feel like we lost, I've, I've seen a lot of this on Twitter. It's kind of, you know, we lost the battle, but won the war is what a few people are saying with this one, <laughs> which I do tend to agree with, but, in terms of assets, Ronaldo for me uh, did really well. The goal and the assist, he could have had a, he could have had another goal. It was offside. Um, he was unbelievable. His goal was just world class. He is world class. You know, he showed that in the Champions League today. Um, how good he still is, um, and yeah. age just doesn't matter to this guy. So, um, <laughs> yeah, Ronaldo's just unreal. He, he's going to remain in my team. The game week 
Um, 11 against City, tough game, but I'd still back him to score. Um, and game week 12, which is obviously a bit later on down the track, but I think that's a really good fixture for him with Watford. So um, happy with Ronaldo. And then as for Spurs, there's no one right now I have, you know, I'd, it is sad when I've got an FPL team with no players from the team I support. It's, you know, it's something I don't always like. But right now, I think I'm just going to wait and uh, and see what happens in the first couple of games of Conte. And then I'll, um, you know, work out, all right, do I need Kane in there? Do I need Son? Do I just need one of them? Do I need both? Um, in terms of defenders, Regulon, I think, could be someone that could flourish under Conte because uh, he loves his fullback system. Um, and then I'll see Emerson Royale. Potentially, um, you know, I'm hearing a lot of talk of Doherty maybe coming back into the fold because you know, Victor Moses kind of resurrected from the yeah. death um, for Chelsea and, and did really well under Conte. But I, I just get this feeling that it will be Royale still at fullback because we've spent the money on him. Um, and he yeah. was the summer signing and the sporting director, uh, Parasiti. He um, he's going to be working very close with Conte. I think he kind of handpicked Emerson Royale, so um, it is one to keep an eye on, though. But I, yeah, for Spurs, I think Son Kane and the full fullbacks Regulon going to be a guaranteed left back, and then obviously yeah. keep your eyes on whether it's Doherty or Royale. They're probably sort of it for now, but wait and see. I don't think you need to jump to to these players just yet. Yeah, no, I fully agree. I sort of. There was a lot of hype on Twitter. People were comparing sort of Emerson Royal to sort of Alonso and Chilwell on us. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah, no, and he's not near that just yet. <laughs> I was just not anywhere near that level right now. But, <laughs> uh, like, I, I do, I was pretty filthy because you did win the war because that's who I'd like <laughs> to take over from Ole this year. So it's not happening. He's beaten, uh, beat us to him. But in regards to the game, I sort of thought Ronaldo, man, I can't believe he's 37 years old and he just sort of, he just looks like prime Ronaldo at the moment. He's, he's on absolute tear and pulling us out of the shit like usual this morning. So it's sort of good that we've got that type of player. And I sort of, I said I wasn't going to get him back in this year just because I sort of was looking at Bruno Fernandez, but you know, after this morning and obviously the weekend, he's, he's looking very attractive. I sort of wish I'd never got him out for Lukaku. um, And then Lukaku never played for me. So, um, definitely a hard pill to swallow. And um, looking at Bruno, he sort of he's not really getting the points return, sort of I guess in a large sum at the moment. But he's definitely getting off a lot of shots. He created four chances, got the assist, three key passes. Sort of. So I think like if people are wanting to go away from Ronaldo um, when their fixtures do open back up, I definitely um, think Bruno at eleven point seven is a decent shout. So I'm looking at Rashford. Uh, he got on, scored a goal. I'm not sure what the go is, whether he's going to be starting or whether he's just going to continue to come off the bench. But I'm sort of hoping that he does start by sort of that week 15 because I think at the 9.4, he he's he's one of those players that don't need a lot of chances to score, especially when he's when he sort of got his confidence up. Um, in regards to Spurs. Pretty much agree with you, mate. The only people I'd sort of be looking at is Son, Kane, and Regulon if you're going for defensive assets. But for me, I'd probably just be looking at Son just because he seems to have the most upside. So that even when he's having his quiet games, he still looks like he's you know going to get that assist or goal. So 
definitely wouldn't be putting anyone off getting Son in. I sort of don't know about the height where now apparently Spurs have turned into, you know, prime Barcelona <laughs> with Conte. But, I mean, I, I think that he's going to be an absolute um, breath of fresh air around the place at Spurs anyway. What about you, Damo? Uh, yeah, yeah. So you can you can tell a uh, team's been knocked down a few pegs when their greatest signing is their their coach. The way it seems on uh, on Twitter <laughs> at the moment, and, and it's, it's Conte this, it's Conte that, and the man hasn't even coached uh, uh, a game for Spurs yet. So I think uh, a lot of people are getting hyped, and a lot of people are thinking of ripping up their teams. I'm sort of going to say, sort of hold fort. Obviously, Son is Son. Um, he's he's a good he's a very good asset, and there will be a point in time where a lot of us have him in our sides. Uh, as for Kane, you know he's had one really really good game, but then he's had a whole bunch of average games. So I think Son is the one that uh, we will look into bringing in. I know um, you sort of mentioned Rashford at 9.4, but, you know, for an extra, what is it, uh, you know, uh, 0.6 or 0.8 or whatever, however uh, expensive Son is, because uh, I think he's around about the 10 point something. Um, I think we're going to go Son over Rashford. I think he's got the runs on the board uh, in terms of FPL rather than Rashford. And I think the way Man United are playing at the moment, um, there's no guarantees Rashford does sort of, uh, continue to start on that side. So, uh, as I said, in terms of uh, both teams, I'd probably lean towards Son. Uh, and in terms of Man United, the only really one I'm probably looking at is Ronaldo. I was sort of the, similar to you, Quentin, where I sort of moved Ronaldo on for Lukaku, and Lukaku never really delivered for me before he got injured. So probably, as with yourself, should have just kept... Uh, Ronaldo, uh, but as I said, I'm going to be having a conundrum probably in about two or three weeks where uh, I decide sort of who to go for in that premier spot over Vardy. Um, but yeah, so at this stage, probably leading towards Ronaldo out of the sort of the big three sort of thing. So uh, other than that, you know, not much in that game. So I might uh, just point we- out quickly, Damo. Uh- mm-hmm. Rashford's going to be a better asset because we're going to need to score four goals a game just so he can win. So, <laughs> But, uh, you know, the greatest thing that's come out of this game is you guys are going to offer Ole another three-year contract, aren't you? Yeah, no, three-year contract. <laughs> um, yeah, pretty much the works, mate. New company car. <laughs> it's so. Ole in, mate. It's Ole in. I've got the next game. It was a, a thrilling cost, contest between Norwich and, uh, and Leeds. Uh, <laughs> the in terms of Norwich, in as as I've sort of said every week, uh, I'm, I'm not really looking at any assets for Norwich. If you've got, um, and I, I can't say this name to save my life, but uh, Omo Bambidele, uh, three like three faster, mate. Yeah, no, <laughs> three three point nine. Uh, sorry, three uh, three point nine million. I believe he is. Um, if you had him starting in this game, clap, clap, well done, you know, got your 10 points, um, got a goal. Uh, probably it's the only thing he'll do all season. But, um, you know, uh, he, he's sort of the – he's a player that we're all sort of looking at when we were wildcarding in terms of, you know, Livermento, 
uh, him, uh, Williams as well. So if you had him in your team and you started him, you know, well done. Like it's, uh, he, you know, he played well. So uh, other than that, in terms of leads, I've got just got Raf. You know, Raf sort of just, again, did Raf things over the weekend, scored nine points. Uh, he's the only one you, you, you're sort of looking at. I don't know what's even happening with Bamford. I don't know how much longer he's going to be out for, but um, uh, Rafinha just keep, keeps ticking over. So uh, in terms of this game here, I think it's just Rafinha at this stage, and that's pretty much it. Uh, how about yourself, uh, Quentin? Uh, yeah, no, it was an entertaining game watching the McLean Cup. Um, <laughs> Rafinha just proves why you know he's such a great asset. He pretty much it was Rafinha versus Norwich, pretty much. I sort of I think with Rafinha in their side, I think every week there's going to be an opportunity for him to get a return, even when Leeds aren't playing great. So, um, on the shout of Omo, he's uh just behind Livermento in that race to the finish line, mate. He's it's a close tussle between them two. Hmm. Um, Outside of, yeah, outside of Raf and pretty much um, McLean, I wouldn't be looking at anyone from Norwich. What about you, Guru? Um, yeah, look, Norwich, other than uh, Oma Bambi Deli, even I'm, str- I can't, I'm struggling with that one. It's a tough, <laughs> it's a tough one to pronounce. Um, I do remember him at the start of the season, a lot of people looking at him as a kind of enabler, shout their cheap defender. He went down to 3.9. I saw a lot of people... Managed to get him off their bench this weekend, which you know, for, mm. for people that had Aspilicetta who didn't play, you know, this guy come off their benches and they've ended up with I think nine points from him or whatever it was. It was or eight <laughs> points or nine points something. It was just unbelievable, really. Um, but yeah, definitely not looking at any Norwich players right now. I think the Pookie party never really got going. Um, not going to be on him. I don't mind Tim Crawl as a goalkeeper, but. Um, he gets a lot of saves and he he likes a pen save, but again, you know, not keen, not keen on him and, and Norwich to be honest. Um, as for Leeds, that once Bamford comes back to fitness and, and gets his minutes back, he could be someone to keep an eye out. I'm sure his price is probably going down as well. Um, but I'm a Rafinha owner and really really pleased with this one. He got nine points. Should have had all three bonus. It was robbery that he didn't get them. Yeah, um, and he should have had another goal. He should have had another goal. He was unlucky not to grab a couple. And I think with Rafinha, he he was sold by a lot of managers. His price went down. And what I think with him was, well, I was surprised people just didn't um, keep him for one because it was Norwich. And Biesler had already said that Rafinha was going to be you know, okay to play or be part of the team. And they yeah. always play Rafinha when he's fit because he's their best player. <laughs> um, but I think I think it's been hard done by um, Rafinha at times because he had that game a few weeks ago against Southampton that he couldn't play because he arrived back from Brazil. And then yeah. he had the game against Wolves where he was hacked down after 55 minutes, had to get subbed off. And I think if we'd got those two games at Rafinha, full 90 minutes, I think a lot of people would have been holding on to him for this one. And I feel like there would have been a lot more points. And I feel like there's still a lot of points to come for Rafinha. So he'll be staying in my team. I think it's Leicester game this weekend, um, you know, who, who aren't looking that great. I th- yeah, Rafinha just excites me every time I watch him play. So I'll be keeping him, um, but probably no one else from Leeds right yeah. now. 
Yeah, no, it's. I mean, it was smart tactics by the Wolves because Rafinha looked like he was about to score a million goals, which I was sort of filthy about because I had Sar in goal. So I was disappointed but sort of happy at the same time when he went down injured. Um, and speaking of Pookie, sort of it was a Pookie party about two weeks ago, but now it's turning into a bit of a poopy party. So <laughs> definitely, definitely wouldn't be getting him in. <laughs> Okay, Dame, I might let you yeah. do the next game, mate, soon as you're a uh, Aston Villa supporter, mate. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, wrong, wrong team in Claro and Blue. Uh, I know we stole their, uh, their their jersey originally years ago, but uh, yeah, so it's about uh, as far as uh, Villa as I as I get. So, uh, so yeah, so it was all about West Ham uh, in this game. Uh, ended up winning four one, which is great. Uh, how? I've got to say though, and I'd love your your opinions on this uh, afterwards. How um, Villa didn't get two red cards in that play, like it was only the one red card, uh, but how they did for the elbow um, is sort of the obby on four now. So, but uh, you know what can you do? Um, I think people are just sort of sleeping on uh, West Ham assets. Uh, we've got some great ones at the moment. Uh, looking sort of down back. Looking at Johnson, three point nine uh, million. So he's as cheap as um, Omar Bambadale, but um, he's actually good. Um, he's a, <laughs> he's a, you can can't tell him half bias, can you? Um, he's look. He's going to be a great short term asset. Eventually, Sufar will take over that position again. But um, uh, the thing I really like about Moisey is he gives players a go. Uh, if they're on form, he's not going to change. He's not going to bring in the more established player in uh, over a over sort of a younger talent if they're performing. So I think it's uh, at least for the next one to two weeks, it's Johnson's position to lose over Sufar while while Sufar sort of returns to full fitness. Uh, in terms of other assets, uh, sort of. Uh, I really like Cresswell and I want to get him back into my side. Um, sort of come, not now, but probably about three or four game weeks time. We've got an incredible run between game week uh, 16 and 27. So I think that's the time you want to be jumping on uh, West Ham assets if you don't already have them in your side. Uh, in terms of the midfield, I've really got a shout out. Uh, Bow and he's becoming almost one of my favourite players. Uh, he's an amazing, he's an amazing player. He's a differential. He's only one point seven percent owned or something crazy like that. Has um, he has returned in five out of the last six weeks, um, which is great for a six point three million um, a player. Uh, he plays up front, obviously, with Antonio and, and Ben Rama in this in that setup. Um, for people that have Ben Rama, I wouldn't necessarily jump off Ben Rama uh, for Bowen, but it's a sort of wait and see to see how uh, what happens in the next couple of weeks with Ben Rama because it it looks like um, Moisey sort of leans towards uh, benching him first for Lanzini. So um, if Bowen is the more preferred player, that's when I would sort of jump on Bowen over Ben Rama in that case. Um, and obviously, you know, you, you, 
you've looked at, you know, Ben Rama and um, Bowen, but also, you know, shout out to sort of Fournells who sort of ticks along. Uh, but from, you know, from those three, I would say at the moment, Bowen's uh, number one, Benny's number two, and Fournell's number three. Uh, I do want to shout out, even though he's not necessarily uh, fantasy relevant, but uh, Declan Rice, 5.0, for a defensive midfielder, he's currently outscoring Saka, Foden, Pogba, Grealish, um, Wembo, Havertz, KDB, and Mares. Now, I know some of those have been injured, but um, I will take it. You know, he's uh, he's done some really good things. Obviously, picked up the thirteen points over the weekend. So um, you know, us West Ham fans, we love him. Uh, again, not necessarily uh, fantasy relevant, but um, you know, for the amount of love that Saka gets, Foden gets. He's got more points than them, so <laughs> just a like, little, little uh, <laughs> sneaky plug for for uh, Rice. Uh, obviously, I've got Antonio. He's going nowhere um, in my team. I, I want to keep him for the incredible run that um, we're going to be having from game week sixteen onwards. Uh, and, but he's a type of player that he can score from anything. I wouldn't be surprised if he scores over the weekend. I'll be starting him. Uh, against Liverpool, no, there's been talks that some people want to bench him for that game. I would prefer benching Ben Rama over him. So I don't know if you guys uh, think you, you might both have Antonio. I'm not sure, but uh, uh, I'm not sure what you guys are going to be doing over the weekend with him, but I'll be definitely keeping him and um, hoping that he bags one or two goals against Liverpool. Yeah, no, I fully agree with that. Um, I could see him scoring in, you know, uh, losing 6-1, but I reckon he's getting the score uh, <laughs> I like the shout of um, my favourite uh, side dish, Rice, mate. Um, I think <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, in terms of Antonio, a lot of people, I guess, have been pretty disappointed, obviously, not getting his early season returns. But in the games, he's not getting returns. He's still getting the four shots and creating chances. So he's sort of one of those chances goes in, you know, you're looking at, you know, five, six points minimum. And then if he goes on, you know, on a tear after that, you know, you're looking at a double-digit return like he was early in the season. And the likes of Bowen, uh, last game he had one goal, six shots, two chances created and five crosses. So I think he's a great um, shout at that sort of smaller price. And I definitely rate him over Ben Rama at the moment, even though Ben Rama still flashes. But, yeah, mm. definitely not that shout. What about you, Guru? Um, yeah, some really good uh, picks here from West Ham. I think Damo's right. There's a lot of people sleeping on their players. I don't own any of them, which is unfortunate because they've been getting big results. So this was this was a hammer in four one really at Villa Park. Um, Antonio, I don't own. I, I have, uh, I think for the first sort of five or six weeks. Um, I really like Jared Bowen. Um, really good differential. Really impressed with him. Uh, Sue Fowl is someone that I'm going to keep my eyes out on when West Ham get that good run from 16 to 27. I know there's Johnson at the moment, but Sue Fowl was really good for FPL last season, and I mm. think he will make a comeback at some stage. Um, so he's definitely one I'm keeping my eyes out on. Um, Bryce as well. Like There's been a lot of talk on um, FPL spaces this week. Um, Daniel, uh, who's known <laughs> as D10, uh, loves, loves Rice and... He's been making a case for him all week. And you know what? I think um, 
he's got he's got a good point i think you, know, you, you both raise good points about him as well because it's true like you know like you said he's he's outscored saka foden pogba Grealishman, Brambo, havertz kdb mares it's it's unbelievable so um yeah he he's um he's someone that you could probably just sort of sit in there at that five mil and um you know you can just sort of pick and choose the games you want to play him in um mm. so yeah he's he's it's very true about everyone sleeping on these west ham players so um yeah some really good assets there as for villa um i think watkins who scored the goal he also hit the bar he's actually quite a nice price he's about 7.4 uh, i yeah. do think he's a really good option um villa's villa's form has to change i think now they're starting to kind of show the effects of not having jack grealish anymore um but i do think watkins is someone that will pick up points um, I wouldn't be rushing to get him, but you know he's someone to sort of keep keep an eye out for. So it's probably where it ends with me for Villa, though, right now. No, nah, I like the Watkins shout. I sort of, I think the last few pods have sort of been saying keep an eye on him because when their fixtures do turn, I think he's going to be a decent asset. And I think once Bailey gets a few games under his belt, I think he's going to really help Watkins as well, getting um the deliveries in from out wide. Yeah, he'll be a big player, I think, for Villa. Um, but he's just. Yeah, he's not been able to quite get going. I think he must have. I think he's injured, isn't he? But yeah, when he's fit, I think that's a great shout because he'll give that service for service for Watkins, um, and then you know once we potentially see Ings back in the team as well, that should help Villa too. Yeah, definitely. Uh, last game we'll get to is Wolves and Everton. Um, this this was a great game for me. I was like smiling from ear to ear watching uh, Jimenez get that goal, and even better when um, Hwang, uh got that goal taken out. So because there was a fair <laughs> few people that uh, had him in their team, but Jimenez is starting to look like the old Jimenez. He actually um, probably should have had a second goal with the header. And as you know, last season he got that bad head injury, and he hasn't sort of looked, I guess, the same person at the start of the season. But lately, the probably the last maybe four games, he's starting to sort of take players on, um, get involved in attack and sort of all the balls that have come into the box, he's sort of trying to get ahead to it. So I think people, if they're, I guess, if the striker issue at the moment, I, I really think he's an, a decent shout. And I know Hwang has been getting returns at that smaller price. I just think that Jimenez is sort of like a triple threat. So he's going to sort of be getting the headers, anything that's sort of up in the air, you know, you know, Jimenez is going to be sort of attacking that ball. And another asset I like to talk about is Saar, the goalkeeper. At 5.0, you know, he's a bit more expensive than the likes of Sanchez, but he's consistently getting save points and, and he's making good decisions. And, it, and he's only sort of getting his clean sheets ruined by sort of that last sort of goal. I mean, the last two weeks, he's sort of conceded in that last sort of 10 minutes. So, I think if anyone's sort of looking at a sort of set and forget keeper for the next six to seven weeks, I'd, I'd reckon he's a great shout. And um, in returns to, uh, in regards to Everton, a lot of people are sort of saying their defense is, you know, pretty good. And but it's been secretly underwhelming. They've conceded a lot of shots since the start of the season. They just the teams they're playing aren't converting those chances, but. I really don't think their defence is great at the moment. And if you've got any assets that are facing Everton at the moment, I'd definitely be, you know, pretty happy with that fixture. What about you, Damo? 
yeah, for me, uh, I really liked Eight Nuri's game sort of down back uh, this last game. He's, he's only 4.3, so he's quite cheap. Uh, I personally, I think he's probably a better asset than, say, some Mado that a lot of people have jumped on. Uh, and he's starting to obviously start in the lineup. So he's, he's not a must bring in, but he's a, he's a watch for now. In terms of if he can sort of hold down that starting position, because uh, he he's sort of a two way player, so uh, sort of watch out for him. Uh, obviously, as you said, him and S Huang, I think he can't go wrong with either. I think you don't again with uh, you know a lot of the um, content tonight. You don't bring in both; you bring in one of them, and I think it's just dependent on your team setup. You know, if yep. you need someone cheaper, you go Huang. If you need, if you uh, want some of that a little more expensive, you got Jimenez. So um, in terms of Everton, I was going to say pass. There's not really anyone I, I'd really look at. I think I'm not sure what their fixtures are like in the next couple. But, um, yeah, so I, I just I don't really see anyone that I would be bringing in from Everton uh, at all uh, at the moment. So, yeah, uh, how about yourself, uh, Matt? Yeah, look, um, similar to both of you, no one really from Everton that um, is catching my eye. I do own Damari Gray still. He will find his way out of my team soon. <laughs> he's just, yeah, Everton are just underwhelming at the moment. And um, he's got me a couple of returns, but I just think for his price, he's about 5.8 right now. Um, I got him in, I think I can sell him for either the same or about 5.7 and there's just so many better options I can swap him for. So he'll be gone in a few weeks. Other than that, uh, if we go to Wolves, I'm a Jimenez owner. I'm a very happy Jimenez owner. I've had him since the Brentford game that they lost and he and he blanked and um, I took a bit of stick for that one because I was talking <laughs> Wolves up. And um, but he, missed a, he missed a really good chance in that game and I stuck with him. He got the goal against Southampton uh, the week after. He got the two assists against Newcastle. He returned against Leeds in the previous, like last week, um, and he could have had more. Could have had a double in this game as well. So Jimenez is just—he's unreal right now. He's, I think he's really high up in the um, in, in in FPL with like the creativity, the threat, the ICT index that they do. He's yeah. really high up there. He's in the I think he's number two for creativity. He's in the top ten for threat. He's really high up there. He's just everywhere. He's a, he's a hard worker. Um, like Quinza mentioned, he's good in the air. Um, you know, he can finish. And I think, yeah, he's a great option. And Huang as well was obviously a really good option because he, he's getting in positions to score goals. Um, you know, he's he's been really unlucky not to, to have more points than he has. So, yeah, I think for Wolves, it's it's one of those two. Um, but I'm, I'm swaying more towards Jimenez. I think you pay for what you get with him. Um, he's really worth worth the value. Yeah, no, definitely. So I, I took a hit to get Jimenez in. I think it might have been week three. I got him and Samato in. So I, I was waiting a while to get that return out of Jimenez. But yeah, the last three to four weeks have been pretty good. So can't argue with that. Um, might get onto our differentials. Uh, last week, I sort of mentioned Redman as a differential pick. Didn't get the fantasy return, but, you know, still had a good game. Um, this week, I've gone with Aubameyang from Arsenal. They play Watford this week and... Watford, the last three games, their defense has given up 46 chances, nine big chances, and conceded eight goals. So I really think the way Arsenal are playing at the moment, I could see them getting a few goals this week, and it, it wouldn't surprise if Aubameyang is heavily featured in the bonus and the score sheet 
What about you, Damo? Uh, yeah, so for me, obviously, I've mentioned um, the players that I'm uh, getting at the moment in terms of differentials. Henderson's a 5.0, uh, sitting at 1.6% owned. Uh, again, you know, place for Liverpool. Uh, and as um, as Matt sort of said, you know, you can't always be Salah getting goals and assists or Mane, you know. Um, and Henderson has played well the last couple of weeks. I think he scored 10 and 6 the last two weeks. So uh, other than that, Bowen, obviously Bowen's my, my guy. I'm going to try and find a way to get to get him into my side because uh, so then I can, you know, bang on about him more. Uh, sitting, at, hits, <laughs> sitting at 1.5% owned, so truly a differential. Uh, he's sitting at 6.3%, uh, sorry, 6.3 million. So um, obviously, you know, he's, he's not badly priced. He's in that sort of sucker um, price range per se. So. Uh, yeah, so that's sort of what I can say about those two. But, uh, but yeah, definitely going to try and get Bowen in somehow. <laughs> what about you, Guru? Who are you liking this week, mate? Um, I think I'll stick with my Trossard uh, differential for Brighton yeah. as one. Obviously, he's got the Newcastle home game. He's coming off the back of a goal against Liverpool with bonus. So I think he's definitely one midfielder, 1.5% ownership. And then the next one, I will go with Zaha. Um, He's gone down in price to 6.9 and he's 6.2% owned. So I think uh, home game against Wolves and then followed up by an away game against Burnley. So I think they will be my um, my two differentials for this week. No, I like them. I like the Zaha shout as well. Good shout. Um, Next up, we've got players to watch. I sort of just picked out. Last week I had Cornet, which worked out very well. And I think that there's going to be, I guess, a week this over the next probably one to two weeks, I'm going to try to get him in, but we'll see how my finances go. And uh, this week I'm looking at uh, the Cucurella slash Feltman. I'm interested to see if Feltman's nailed in that side now in the back line, because if he is at 4.4, I think when their fixtures are opening up, they've, I think they've got a decent run of games. I think he might be a good shout as a sort of a fifth defender just to sit on your bench or... I'm sort of looking at the Cucurella, um, upgrading Tioni to Cucurella and um, having him as sort of an every week sort of play if the fixtures suit. So what about you, Damo? Uh, yeah, so for me, obviously, I've already mentioned Eight Nori. Uh, again, he's another differential, like 0.2% owned. Uh, but obviously going to see if he um, starts, uh, predominant, predominantly starts games. Other than that, you know, my right shout out, you know, Five, 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 uh, I think he's 5% owned and he's 5.0. So as uh, as Matt said, he's, he's a player that you can play in the good fixtures bench um, for the not-so-great fixtures. And uh, he'll sort of tick over and then um, do what he did last week and score you a 10-plus every now and again. So, uh, yeah, so that's mine. Uh, how about yourself, Matt? I think for mine, I would say... Two that I'll be watching and I think are worth watching if you don't own. Pretty um, pretty standard names at the moment in the FPL world, but it will be Gallagher from Palace. Um, you know, he's just come off that great performance against City. He's kind of on everyone's radar now because of his price. Um, and then I'm going to go with Son because, you know, it's all the talk of the town now with Conte. Um, and I think, okay, he's pricey. Um, you know, he's not cheap, but I think... They're two players. I think their performances I'll be keeping a really close eye on this weekend because 
there'll be players I'll be looking to bring in in, in future weeks if they if they catch my eye this week. No, definitely some good shouts there, Gallagher. I think um, with those free kick duties back, I think a lot of people are going to be getting him in over the next week or two. Um, next up, we've got the shit the beg segment. So pretty much just anything that was underwhelming from an FPL asset or football team. I sort of went Liverpool defense. I just think conceding to two goals to Brighton at home, you know, when you're such a big club like Liverpool, pride yourself on defence and gritty performances. I just thought it was pretty disappointing. And being an Alexander-Arnold owner as well, it was very disappointing. What about you, Damo? Uh, yeah, so I've, I've written down here, obviously, just Manchester City in general, you know, allowing pa- Palace to come to their sort of home ground and essentially allow them to bully them without really any sort of um, any sort of shout sort of per se. But um, I will sort of sneakily shout out uh, over the obviously over the weekend Manchester United played uh, Atalanta, and I think we just renamed the segment the Maguire because he uh, <laughs> made made another bad error which uh, led to a goal. So he does it consistently, doesn't he now? Oh, mate, he's just a boxhead, mate. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Guru? Who do you have? Um, I reckon, I think Vardy just getting one point. I know I, I didn't own him, but a lot of people did own him. And he returned another one point. He got a yellow card. So I think, yeah, that's just, wasn't was pretty underwhelming. It wasn't great. A lot of people have put a lot of money into him and a lot of hope into him. And yeah, um, yeah I'd, I'd go with Vardy. He was the first game on and he's coming out with a point. Yes, yeah, it was pretty disappointing. Yeah, nah, sort of the Vardy party is one of those parties now where the food's a bit cold. Um, <laughs> the the mum and dad are serving soda water instead of cans of fizzy drinks. So not, <laughs> not that exciting at the moment for the Vardy owners. Um, next up, we've got the mailbag question. First question we've got, uh, as Peter Chili or James? Um, I might just say I still think uh, Chilwell's the best defensive asset, but... I mean, what we've seen from James um, when he started last week, and I think it was earlier on in the season, he just looks like he's going to score goals every time. So what about you, Damo? Uh, for me, it really comes – I think you can't go wrong with either, either asset, but I think it comes down to how much money you've got in the in the budget. James is the cheaper option at the moment. I know he's had a price raise today, but uh, – uh, yeah, this, this morning I think it was, but um, – it's much muchness. I think you can't go wrong with either asset. Uh, so it's think team dependent, but I'm personally leaning towards James at this stage. What about you, Guru? Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, Chilwell seems more nailed, um, which probably sways me more towards him. Um, James, he's just got that threat. Potentially, can, he can take a set piece. We've seen that before seen him sometimes take corners, so that sways him. Aspilich, so yeah, obviously if you're going Aspilich, chat to one of them. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll say let's go chill. I always like that bit of safety, just knowing that I think he's definitely more nailed than James. So probably just just chill, but yeah, there's not much in it. I don't think you'll be too disappointed if you have either either, I think. Yeah, I agree. Uh, next up, we got: Do you embrace or try eliminate your biases? Trying to explain how to deal with the FPL um, sort of uh, your XG um, 
Regency bias from obviously the last game week chasing points and then hindsight bias sort of Salah Hall predictable only after it happens. Um, I might just speak on, I guess, the XG side of things. I don't really consider XG in my opinion when I'm watching football just because I think it it doesn't tell the whole story. I sort of every now and again I'll sort of look at the XG, but I think if I can't see it with my own eyes, you know, I'm not really going to, you know, try offer my opinion or advice on anything. Just I, I just feel like you can't always base your opinion off XG. And in terms of last game weeks, I sort of – it's hard not to sort of do the knee-jerk reaction when you see a player score a lot. But if you do a bit of a deep dive and see that there's been a recurring sort of – I guess, statistic and, and, and where it's trending, you know, I don't have a problem with doing the knee-jerk reaction. Um, what about you, fellas? Uh, yeah, so for me, obviously, again, as you said, it's hard to sort of not look at the bias in terms of, in terms of FPL, even like the bias in terms of your own team. Uh, so, you know, that, that's the reason why I'm so hesitant to get rid of Antonio because, like uh, the way I actually have gotten rid of him once, so that's why I'm never going to get rid of him again. Um, I, you know, I got rid of him and then he haul, <laughs> goes and hauls. So um, it is really hard with the uh, the bias sometimes. Obviously, the Twitter talk uh, sometimes is good and bad. Obviously, at the start of the season with the Ben Rama hype, I think Ben Rama's only really been hyped on Twitter. Um, and I got him as a result of that, and it obviously started off really, really well. Uh, but I, again, it's uh, you make your own decisions in FPL, so um, you you know you might listen to the bias, you might not. But um, but yeah, that's sort of my opinion on it. How about uh, yourself, Matt? Yeah, look, similar to you guys with the XG. Um, you know, it's not something that really influences me too much. Um, if anything, you know where. Where the listeners asked if we sort of trust XG that supports players you own. Um, to be honest, I'd, I'd seen some XG stats flying around about Jimenez. I'd watched Jimenez and I'd seen that he was missing a lot of chances. So, um, you know, I was probably using that as a reason to get Jimenez in. Um, but yeah, it's not something I look into too much with the XG. I just like to base it on, on you know, what I see myself. And um, with the recency bias, um, I, I always had a rule where if a player hit and, and got a goal or an assist, I'd never take him out the following week um, because a few years ago, Lucas Mora was in my team and I think he, he hit and then the following, and then I decided to take him out and then he, he hit a double the week after and I got burnt. So I've always sort of said, if the player scores in the previous game week, I'll... Um, you know, with the, the recency bias, it's all right. He's on form. I'm going to keep him, and I won't take him out. Um, in terms of if a player blanks, I'm always someone that likes to try and trust the process as to why I bring someone in. So yeah. with Ronaldo, um, I was patient. I bring him in because it's Ronaldo, and then and then it pays off. Um, with the hindsight bias, um, you know, you know, talking about. Uh, is it the hall's predictable only after it happens? I tried to just, yeah, wipe that stuff away um, and not even think about that. So I just, yeah, I find ways just to eliminate hindsight bias and it's just not something that that I think about. So, um, yes, yeah, that's, that's, my, uh, that's my take on that one. 
No, it's definitely uh, good. I might uh, I'll read this question out, but I'll get you to answer it if you if you want, Guru. Um, now Conte's in charge. Does that make Kane and Son good assets to have? I think it will, but like we uh, like we all touched on earlier, I don't think it's something you jump to right now, especially with an international game week, because you could jump to Kane, you could jump to Son. I think if you're going, like I saw on Twitter earlier and I spoke to someone actually on the space that said they were going from Saar at Watford straight to Son. And I think if you can do that, it's it's a no-brainer because Son's a better FPL asset for me. But if you're taking a minus four or you're taking a minus eight to get Kane in, to get Son in, uh, and you're just jumping into these players just because Conte's there now, I, I probably don't think that's the best idea especially because both of these players are going to be playing international games like Kane with England. Son's probably going to be going away with South Korea. Um, So I think you can wait on this one, maybe game week 12, game week 13, um, and just sort of assess it from there. So um, I do think it will make them good assets to have, 100%, but I don't think immediately. I think you can wait at least one or two games and then um, see what happens from there. Yeah, I think that pretty much answered it. Um, next question. If you had 26 million to spend up front, would you, what three strikers would you get in or would you save your money to spend elsewhere? Um, I might just, I'll be a bit biased here. I, I think a decent three combo is Aubameyang, Antonio and Jimenez up front. I think over the next, I guess West Ham do have harder assets, but I think Antonio is a bit of a cut price premium. So outside of him, I think Aubameyang and Jimenez both have decent runs. So I'd definitely be looking at them. What about you guys? I think for me, I would replace Aubameyang with uh, Ronaldo. And I'd go Ronaldo, Antonio, Jimenez for me in terms of the three best assets up front. Uh, But yourself, Matt? Um, I would say I think Ronaldo for this next couple of games... In particular, that game week 12 on against Watford. So I think Ronaldo, there's, there's injuries to Bamford and, and Calvert-Lewin. So they don't come into the equation. And then I would say Jimenez. And then if Antonio fits within that budget, then definitely Antonio. If he doesn't quite fit, then maybe Brojar at, at Southampton when he's fit because he's cheap and um, and he might get some starts. So probably those three. And then um should be enough to, to let you spend some money elsewhere. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, last question we got: Who's better out of Smith Rowe or Mbemo as a replacement for Saar? Um, I would probably, I'd probably say Smith Rowe because I think Arsenal's fixtures last a bit longer than what um, Brentford's do. But that's just me. But I, I think if you do get Mbemo in, I think he, he should be close to full fitness now, so he could be getting some starts in the next few weeks and get a decent return. But I think for the long, long term, I think Smith Rowe is a better option. What about you guys? Uh, I think you can't go wrong with either. Uh, at this stage, I probably lean towards Mbuemo just because of the fixtures uh, and because he sort of plays up front uh, at a position. But um, you can't go wrong with either. Yeah. What about you, Guru? Um, yeah. Both good, um, but I'll probably say Smith Rowe just because I think he's playing in the better team. I think Arsenal will win more games. I think they'll score more goals. And I think Smith Rowe will, will play a lot of minutes in that. So I'd probably back Smith Rowe out of the two. Yeah, 
Nah, I agree with that, definitely. I think Arsenal at the moment, the way they're going, they are look like they're going to continue their form. So, um, Next up, we've got the question on life or sort of scenario that we might put out. So the scenario I've put out for you guys is create the perfect footballer. Um, you've got to pretty much pick one player for each of the four categories five categories so had football brain x factor looks defense and shooting so i went with any esther as my football brain just because obviously when he has the ball at his feet he's pretty much a maestro in that midfield and um x factor lionel messi pretty self-explanatory there looks i'd say cr7 bloke doesn't age and uh, (laughs) defense i'd go roberto carlos i think i mean defensively he was he was good Probably not as good as some other defensive players, but had an absolute wicked free kick on him. Uh, shooting, I had uh, Robert uh, Lewandowski. So I think you're not going to go wrong there with his shooting boots. So I reckon um, I'd captain this player every week. <laughs> what about you, Damo? Uh, well, just to preface this, it's probably going to have a little bit of bias in this. But uh, <laughs> I've got, uh, in terms of football brain, I sort of was tossing up between Bryce and Gattuso. Because uh, obviously being a, a, an Italian sort of uh, football fan as well in terms of the national team, uh, the X factor Roberto Baggio probably the best player I've ever seen uh, play the game. Uh, looks I got Giroud, uh, good looking mate with nice. the with the beard, you know. Um, in terms of defence, I've gone um, either Cannavaro or Maldini, so one of those who sort of plays in that ilk. Uh, and shooting's got to be Di Canio. Uh, in terms of the way that he played the game. So that's that's my perfect footballer. Definitely a good uh, vice-captain shout, that one, mate. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Guru? Oh, this was tough. This was tough because there's so many players I could just pick for that could go into numerous categories or so many players I love that I just can fit in. Um, and I, I want to give special mentions to them. <laughs> but <laughs> look, we'll go football brain. Um, I've got Messi just because... He is probably the best player I've, I've ever seen. Um, just everything he does um, is just unbelievable with the ball, without the ball. Um, you know, he can score from anywhere. He can score all types of goals. Um, yeah, so Messi for me. X Factor, I've gone with Ronaldinho. Um, I just thought, like, every time he played, he was just, yeah, X Factor lit the lit everything up. He was just unreal. Um yeah. you know, and he played with a smile, so it's gotta be Ronaldinho. Looks, um, if you guys remember, um he was the Spurs keeper, number two. He's now at mm. Fulham, Paolo Gapsaniga. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Yeah. No, yeah. he's actually pretty decent looking. Yeah. He was just <laughs> like just yeah, I don't think I've seen a better looking football player in my life. He's just yeah, like <laughs> Yeah, my missus loves that guy. Um, <laughs> and I did also say, just from my you know young younger days watching Spurs, uh, David Ginola was was another one. Um, that was a big sort of, um, I guess, uh, popular player with the ladies back in the day. But yeah, Paolo, Paolo Gatsaniga probably just sort of wins that one. And then um, defence, I've got to go with Maldini. I like the Cannavaro shout from Damo. But um, yeah, Maldini for me just... You know, such a unbelievable player for so long, and then shooting. If I'm going to be biased, I'd, I'd be looking at the uh, 2012, 2013 Gareth Bale um, for Spurs <laughs> when he just everything he shot went in. <laughs> it was yeah. unbelievable. But if I'm sort of going um, 
But then, and even you know, after with Real Madrid, he was scoring a lot of goals um, and amazing goals too. But if I'm going to go, if if I really want to pick someone outside of bias, I'm going to go with Steven Gerrard because um, he could just hit a ball from anywhere, and when he hit the ball, it just travelled, and there was power and accuracy and. Yeah, I think Steven Gerrard for me was just yeah unbelievable. No, it's a good shout. And um, I just looked up that David uh, Ginola. I think that that's what you said. Um, he looks like a French masseuse, mate. So definitely a good shout. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, definitely a good shout. Um, our question for the guest mate: uh, Apple or Android? Uh, Apple for me. I've got a. Um... Apple Watch, I've got an iPhone. Um, I did have the MacBook, but not anymore. Um, so, And I've got the AirPods, so it's, it's got to be Apple. Um, look, I'm not uh, – it's not so much that I'm a fanboy and, and love Apple. It's more now I kind of went into the ecosystem and it's just <laughs> simple. And so, I, I was – yeah. So I was going to say, so not a fanboy, but got the AirPods, got the MacBook. <laughs> <Yeah>. or, <laughs> not a fanboy, but have all this stuff. But I think, yeah, being stuck into the um, got stuck into the ecosystem early on, and haven't been able to get out. And um, yeah, so I'd I'd, I'd be Apple, I think uh, for sure over the two. I've got See a second that. question for you. Um, as an Apple user and using the pods, um, are you like those people that like to let people know that you're using AirPods? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not because I've only just got them, so I'm like, I think I'm about or just under a week into them, and I'm not actually using them now. I'm still using the wired ones because. As kind of cool as pods can be, the um, yeah, I don't always quite trust the battery life. So, yeah, now nah, I um, yeah, no, nah, not not one of those, but I know quite a lot of those people. <laughs> the, the, what about you, Damo? Oh, I was gonna say the the biggest um, the best thing I ever did uh, several years ago now was um, move over from from Apple to to Android, and I've never looked back. So. Um, just in terms of what you can do on an Android phone compared to an Apple, uh, I've converted many Apple <laughs> users going, oh, you know, an Android can do this. So like, well, hang on, what? Uh, you know, you, you can play your old games on them. You, you know, any, anything, any app you want, you can sideload it, no stress. And, um, yeah, no, so for me in terms of uh, being a bit of a tinkerer myself in terms of technology, uh, got to go the Android. Got to go the Android. For, for me, uh, Apple's uh, more for the little bit of simplistic folk, you know, that just need something that's plug and play and, you know, nothing can go wrong on it. Whereas, uh, you know, us, uh, us um, you know, a bit of the tech people, you know, gurus almost, if you want to say. <laughs> <laughs> more more the, uh, the Android, you know, the, the bougies. So, but uh, no, I, I quite enjoy sort of using Android uh, devices and things like that. So, yeah, that's me. How about yourself, uh, Quentin? Well, the funny thing is I'm pretty simple and I'm with the Android, so I must be just um, <laughs> one that's uh, fighting against the uh, stereotype. Um, I was with Apple the whole time till um, – my Apple account got hacked. So um, someone from, uh, so I don't know where they were in the world, but they were um, renting movies with my bank card. Oh, wow. So, uh, <laughs> I ended up changing to Android and, yeah, I haven't looked back since, haven't been mm. hacked. So life's good. And um, my partner was definitely an Apple person and she's like, I'm never going to get a uh, Samsung Galaxy. And, <laughs> yeah, she has a Samsung Galaxy and she's talked <laughs> her sister into getting one. So yeah. I'm either... A sweet talker, or 
I'm just a, one person that people like to follow. So I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you my turning point was, I think uh, I was up to about the uh, iPhone 5, I think it was, and I was due for a, an upgrade, went into, a, went into a shop and it had gone up like ridiculous amount for the for the iPhone 6. And I'm like, I'm not paying that. It's too expensive, you know. Um, it was, I think, 30 or $40 more than what I was paying. So it was almost double the price. So I'm like, well, what else can I get? And then that, that's when they sort of suggested the Samsung and I'm um, like, oh, right, I'll give it a go. And, yeah, haven't looked back. So for me it came down to a bit of a saving the money. But uh, these days it's, um, yeah, so it's a, sort of become part of the lifestyle. <laughs> sort of like the, it's almost like the budget wolves option. Um, yeah, when you went hawing and it's worked yeah, out for you well, this time, mate. But Jimenez is still scoring. Yeah, what you do? Might get into our team plans for this week. Um, I've got a bit of a bold shout. I'm, I don't think I'm going to go Captain Salah this week. I might be going Captain Obama Yang for a absolute haul against Watford. So I'm uh, rolling my transfer this week as well at this stage. But, you know, at panic o'clock on a Saturday morning, I'll probably end up using it. So see how we go. What about you, Damo? Yeah, for me, um, I've already made my move, Alonso, to, ja- uh, to James. Uh, at this stage... I don't know who I'm captaining. I, I said it won't be Salah, but um, I've currently got it on James, but uh, we'll see if I uh, carry through to that uh, come the game week <laughs> deadline. But uh, I'm leaning towards it, given it's Burnley. Uh, yourself, uh, Matt? It's going to be Salah for me. Um, <laughs> just can't go wrong with him. I think I know, West Ham, obviously, you're, you know, it's your team demo. They're a good side. Tough side Shit defense, though. So. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, I think the thing with um, Salah, his record against West Ham is just unbelievable. Yeah, I've not seen that. Nine goals in eight games. I think four or five assists. It's a Monday night game. It's going to be. Um, I can see it being uh, an open game. I think it'll be an attacking game, and I can see Salah grabbing a goal. So Salah for me, I, I um, you know, I'm not at the stage where I'm ready to go against him just yet. So yeah, um, yeah definitely Salah for me. No, definitely good shout. Um, that about wraps up our pod this week. Um, for all our content, head over to FPL Amateurs of Oz, um, FPL West Ham, and then also head over to Addicts underscore FPL for all of the Guru's stuff. He has a lot of good analysis on there, has a lot of links to all of his videos and podcasts as well. Um, head over to our Facebook, EPL Fantasy Amateurs of Oz. Um, our podcast should be on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, and remember, leave the five-star review on iTunes, even if you don't like our pod. Um, this helps us reach more listeners. And head over to FPL Addicts YouTube channel. They do watch-alongs. They do pretty much nearly three uh, podcast videos a week. So definitely a lot of good stuff there. And uh, thanks again for coming on, mate. It's uh, been an absolute pleasure. Uh, thanks for having me, uh, both of you. I really enjoyed it. And, um, yeah, hopefully I've got the, the good luck green arrows now uh, from here on. So uh, It's, it's guaranteed, go. mate. It's guaranteed. <laughs> That's the least we yeah. can do for you, mate. <laughs> and uh, special shout-out if anyone wants to watch my mug, I'll be on the Addicts podcast tomorrow night for the guest segment as well. So if um, you want to kick back with a, a beverage, feel free to laugh at my funny head. <laughs> That's going to um, be good. <laughs> can't wait mate <laughs> anyway good luck this week everyone hopefully you get some green arrows especially you matt after coming on our show mate <laughs> thanks so much yeah.